You're not going to get me on camera talking about riding no donkey doggy style. <laughs> Too late. I don't think anybody wants to be referred to as a donkey. Hey, if a woman called me donkey dick, I take that as a, as, a, as a very nice compliment. What if she wants to do your donkey dick doggy style? Fine. That's, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that, actually. <laughs> was about bestiality you know was it was it about bestiality or was it a metaphor for somebody's particular part well well in fact let me do that donkey dick doggy style okay, yes I, let's do that let's talk to i bet megan the stallion could probably rap why, what i would write why do you think her name is megan the stallion because she don't want to be referred to as a donkey so she went all the way with a horse yeah and she it's, it's not an insult no. When it's when it's referred to in that kind of sexuality situation, stallion. like because people people think of certain animals as being more sexually virile than others. I feel like a stallion would not want to be fucked with a donkey dick. I mean, donkey dicks donkey dicks are supposed to be you know that's like a oh shit that's a that's a big donkey dick. But maybe do donkeys also, really have big dicks? I don't know. Hey, I, can you Google that on your Android? <laughs> Taylor, you want some donkey dick and taters? <laughs> That's what you said. Taters. <laughs> you said taters, yo. I always For some reason, that sounded nastier than donkey dick. When you said Word. Up, right. <laughs> is that is that what people call the tank now? Taters. Oh. Is that what is that what the kids are doing out here? Are let me eat your donkey dick and your taters. And, and then if you keep going, then there's the chocolate Cheerio. <laughs> Girl, okay. you want to lick my chocolate Cheerio? <laughs> no, that's that's gonna be the mixtape. The mixtape. You know, I have a chocolate Cheerio, too. You do. We all do. Everyone has a chocolate it's a Cheerio. Universal, it's a universal. It's non-gender. It's a non-binary Cheerio. This is true. That's cool. I feel so connected to my masculine side right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. All right. California was, was good, yeah. Remember we used to watch that show Californication? Yes. Yeah. I feel like um, I'm the Black Hank Moody. I don't remember any of the names of the characters. That was the main character. Oh yeah. I, I ain't gonna be no fucking sidekick. I'm Phil Verone. <laughs> <laughs> you know who deserves a special special shout out for California? Who that? Misty Stone. What up, Misty? Yeah. With her with her fat blunts. Her fat blunts. I made sure to leave up all her toilet seats too. Why did you do that? <laughs> I really, I, I enjoyed spending time with her. It is an option that we get to spend time with our peers in like a low-key chill situation. Yeah, and yeah. she was super accommodating. She showed us some real Cali love. So thank yes. Shout out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But thing that was crazy about California was I feel like we were like one step ahead. Of the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was like, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, we almost, we would have gotten quarantined if we stayed like a couple of days longer. I mean, I, I know I'm exaggerating a bit, but the reality is things changed very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have sex in a fucking scuba suit now. No, just wait. Just hang out. 
out a little bit. I don't know what you're speaking about. I mean, not us. Because <laughs> we're good. See, this is how germs are spread right here. Oh, no, nah, no. Nah. I wash my hands. But no, I mean, real real talk, That I think that important th like things like this is um, a really good opportunity for us to have like these conversations with our peers and industry leaders because this affects us, our job, more for so sure. than a lot of people who are a little bit more isolated or don't have that kind of human contact with people. That's true. I mean, it's going to be one of those things. I wonder um, if it's going to be something that is added screening mm -hmm. or if there's going to be, I mean, they're shutting down events. They shut down South by Southwest. So are they going to be shutting down shoots? You know, do we uh, have any plans? Do you have any plans for South by Southwest? No shoots at South by Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that would that would have been a dope spot to to shoot a couple scenes, like even like a hookup scene. Like you met at an event at South by Southwest, mm -hmm. and you have all of that those bags and bags and bags of corporate literature that they give you there now. Oh, and you just fuck on those you flyers. You just fuck on the flyers. <laughs> on flyers just seems really uncomfortable there you know especially if they're if they're high glossy that might be kind of wild though yeah but people are cheap and they use those matte ones <laughs> <laughs> they just stuck to your ass after that shit that's how you know if you really got it in or not if you gotta pull flyers apart off of your coronavirus droplet ass oh man they just safe. you just ruined the whole fantasy that's what i do we are in like a serious serious political climate mm -hmm. you know i mean I don't think there's been a time in human history when there hasn't been one, but this is the one we're in right now, and this shit's serious as fuck. Right. So you've been talking about this for almost as as long as I've known you about the um, the country that we live in breaking, like it's breaking down, and it seems to be accelerated. I don't know if that's just my perception because mm -hmm. of my dissatisfaction with our leadership <laughs> at this point in time, or is it accelerating? at this time? Well, I, th I think that, you know, everything in regards to civilizations, countries, you know, they rise, they fall. I think we live in a time where it seems as if time is moving faster. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not in like an age where things just happen slowly, like everything is, 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 is accelerated in the time that we live. But I also think that when you have a sickness, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you have coronavirus. And you ignore all of the symptoms that you have mm -hmm. and you don't go get it treated, you're going to fucking die. Mm -hmm. And America has some serious, serious symptoms, mm -hmm. you know, racism, sexism, classism, all these isms. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really, really want to deal with it. And then you, you see like, you know how sometimes when you try to keep stuff in, you know, it'll pop up through your body through yeah. like boils and pimples and vomit and mm -hmm. all these things that just have to come out of your body to try and mm -hmm. exercise you of this sickness right mm -hmm. i think that that's what's happening right now that's a really good analogy because i you know like i think everyone could resonate with that when toxicity doesn't have a way out you know so but here's the thing and this is very similar to the medical um the healthcare industry if that's what we want to call it but like there is value in keeping people sick and keeping people with cyclical symptoms sure you know sure. and i do feel that way about our political system that there is a benefit to some people 
to keep those symptoms, you know, alive and well. Or not alive and well, but, you know, keep people safe. Yeah. It's like drugs, you know, the money's all in the comeback. Yeah. You know, but it's like, uh, especially when I think about it in regards to sex work. Okay. You know, there are so many attacks on sex workers now, whether it's through, you know, violence against sex workers, mm -hmm. which is attributed to, you know, sexism and the idea that a woman's body or a man's body for that matter, yeah. if they are in sex work, has no value. Mm -hmm. And also, especially in regards to women, that idea that a woman's body is for a man to do with what he chooses. Mm -hmm. So you see that kind of violence. Then you see also a lot of people trying to make laws to regulate our industry in ways yeah. that aren't safe for our industry. Like I'm all for making our industry safer. Mm -hmm. I think that that's super important, and that goes across all kinds of lines that people use to divide us. Right. Just make it safer for everybody. But when you're talking about like having these laws where people's private information gets put out there, mm -hmm. when already knowing that people not just fantasize. Fantasize is good, but when people obsess yeah. over people in the industry... Then that makes it dangerous for people, you know what I'm saying? Well, it doesn't. It's so it's so hypocritical because how can you say in one subset of like the population, like like HIPAA um, laws to protect people's information and health information, is like of the utmost in multiple different industries. Confidentiality of your patients' information or a breach in Facebook is a huge. For sure. But then when it comes to the subpopulation of sex workers, it's like you don't you don't deserve privacy, you don't deserve protection. Yeah, for sure. And then I mean, it's it's like just thinking about this and all the ways that it's bubbling. You know, I, I we like to take things back to our industry, but mm -hmm. even on the outside of our industry, you're seeing you know more regulations in regards to well, they're trying to make more regulations in regards to uh, Planned Parenthood. Yeah, and abortions and and this is the thing if you don't believe in abortions and it's not for you then don't have one right mm -hmm. but you can't tell somebody else what to do with their body and if you want and if and if you do feel that this is something that you need to work towards just at least make sure that people are safe and healthy because there are people here now right mm -hmm. or people at least have an option because there are people who don't <clears throat> believe the same thing as you and that's fine but like when you start going after planned parenthood for example Planned Parenthood is not an abortion clinic. There are right. so many things that come through Planned Parenthood that are the things that if you are against abortion and you want people to be safe and you want people to not make babies, Planned Parenthood actually works with birth control. It's called planned. <laughs> unplanned Parenthood. Exactly. So so let me play devil's advocate for a second here and, and try to see like where the meeting in the middle is in terms of like politics, values, and attitudes um, around like sex, sexuality, sex work and all that. If I'm like, okay, I, I, you can do what, whatever you want. You can believe in what you want. You can have sex with whoever you want, however you want. But I don't want to participate with my tax dollars. So I don't want to participate with the education of my children in this arena. Like those type of attitudes, which to a certain extent, there, there are things that the opposite end does that I'm like, yeah, but I don't really want to, y'all do that shit on your own dime. How do you feel about that? Well, I don't think that there are any state-funded abortion clinics. I might be wrong on that. 
but when it comes to childhood development and things of that nature like just because you don't have kids doesn't mean that your taxes shouldn't go to the school system because if your taxes don't go to the school system, then you're gonna have a whole bunch of dumb motherfuckers running around when Spreading you're the coronavirus. <laughs> when you're when you're when you're elderly, the younger people yeah. are, are gonna be fucking idiots. Mm -hmm. And these are the people that are gonna either be your doctors, your home health aides, other people driving that can't read the stop sign running into your fucking car. Like you should mm -hmm. still want the population in which you live to be educated. And I feel that that is kind of like the same way I look at it when it comes to health. You should still want the people around you to be healthy. You should want the society and the and the population around you to also be healthy because you should also want to be healthy yourself. Right. And so everybody might not be like, well, I don't want my taxes to go to your specific illness. Like, what kind of shit is that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody has, uh, everybody has needs, mm -hmm. you know, and some people do need... Uh, help when it comes to childcare, or that's that's one thing i think too like a lot of these people that are super pro uh abortion mm -hmm. like if that's you don't want your money to go to that you don't have <clears throat> to have your money go to that but at the same time what about all these kids who are out here born and don't have families right. that's the part where i'm just kind of like all right well if you're really really pro-life what about the people who are alive yeah. You know, so what kind of time and what kind of work, like, you could put just as much time and work into, uh, you know, going working at, at uh, orphanages mm -hmm. and, and with people out there who are in truly in true need right now. I have a quick question for you before we go to the next one. What do you think your parents' dating style or lifestyle around dating, how did it have an impact on you? That's a great question. So my, my mother really did not date much after my father mm -hmm. or at least i ain't know you know i remember i remember because she was very much into like i don't want to bring the wrong person and i i don't know if she mm -hmm. was if that was something that she was nervous about or or what um and then my father he was just out there like i met yeah. all of these random ladies that he was dating and they all couldn't cook and they all smoke like shitty cigarettes. So I didn't even want to steal their cigarettes. I was like, you have no you purpose. You had a preference of cigarettes hey. that you stole at like <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Newports with Lucy's. That's what I knew. Oh, wow. So, no, nah, but it's like just meeting all of them mm -hmm. and not liking them. And I'm sure part of it had to do with, you know, you're not my mom and shit. Right, right. But a lot of it also had to do with, you know, <laughs> my father being like here's my little black son you know what i'm saying it was definitely like there were certain people that he dated that you could tell like they didn't want like fuck you. with me at all gotcha. you know so mm -hmm. i experienced that shit in mm -hmm. a in a strange way mm -hmm. so it was kind of like I, d I didn't like how either one of them was moving so okay. I, it kind of made me do Have my do my own path. shit yeah mm -hmm. what about you um i i think I learned a lot of my dominating ways from the way that my mother dated. Mm. Um, she she had several several friends, first of all, you know, <laughs> several male friends. I saw her participating in what's, what now I understand was financial domination, mm. um, where she would say things like, so-and-so is sending a package. They, you know, they used their little words and it was like an envelope full of money. 
Um, she still even talks about people that she doesn't date or talk to anymore because um, she wanted something and they didn't provide it for her. Yeah. <laughs> she put so, it down. I didn't quite like looking back. I used to always be like, "Like, mom, you're so mean." Like that. Like I thought this person was a nice person or something like that. And she would be like, Ugh, "Whatever. He he doesn't you know send the money fast enough or whatever." Um, mm -hmm. And then she's also said things along the lines of, "The worse you treat men, the better they behave." And oh shit! Yeah. Sure, um, oh gee. She is, and and honestly, there is some truth to that for some men. The issue is, I kind of took that to heart during for thinking it was all men, right? And so I think when I was probably in like junior high to high school, I I had a very like a nasty approach to men, like like they were, you know, less than, and like a what can you do for me type of thing. And when I realized that that wasn't always the right approach, I went the total fucking opposite. And that's when I got myself in trouble. Mm. Um, kind of wind up being almost a push up. Well, yeah, I was a pushover in a relationship because I was trying to be nice. Like, like, okay, I can't do it mom's way. Let me do it the way I see on TV. Mm. And so that fucked me up, but I'm balanced now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Papa was a rolling star. My most exciting fetish. <laughs> Well, I keep kind of going back to this. I'm it, It's been putting my foot in men's ass and my whole hand. There is something about fisting and footing. Fisting and footing, and it's not actually. It's not. It doesn't have anything to do. At least right now, it doesn't have anything to do with the power. I mean, yeah, there's like just the permission to do that. Mm -hmm. It's not. I mean, I really feel like they have the power that they are sharing with me. To enter their orifices and like to trust me to do that that's one two because it's something that i can never imagine for my own body mm. so it's like an outer body experience like let me do this to you because i can't have it done to me yeah so, and then it's really warm <laughs> it's really warm in there so it's just a sphincter sock yeah okay or glove and things i haven't tried there's lots of things i haven't tried yeah, whenever somebody asks what is something you haven't tried, like all, all the shit I ain't do. With you, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so specific. How about we you? ain't fucking now, is we? <laughs> um, hmm. I still, it's, it's crazy because this is like my first fetish. Mm -hmm. It still completely excites me. Mm -hmm. And it's exhibitionism. Mm -hmm. Like, it's never stopped. Yeah. Like, I, it's, it's to the point where it's just like, Anytime I know somebody's watching me, like, it doesn't have to start out that they're watching me. They mm -hmm. could wind up watching me. Like, whatever the fucking shit is, like, that shit is super exciting. It's a great turn on. Like, I can remember where that fetish developed. Oh, like when high I, school, right? Yeah. Well, no. Actually, it was middle school. Jesus Christ, those kids in New Jersey. <clears> yeah, we was, we was wild. But I won't say the full name, but there was, there was a shorty in my school, Dana. Now, you know everybody in Jersey know who Dana is. Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, we, we're, uh, we're a little... Uh, age gap there? Yeah, it is. A little oh, bit. Okay. But, um, <laughs> and she used to just go up to dudes in school and be like, let me see your dick. I like her. And I was like, sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Pulled out whatever. And she said, ooh. And, like, she bounced. 
And then she came back later with her homegirl, like, show her your dick. And I was just like, this this is amazing. People so, looking and sharing. So when what's the age in which men don't want women to see their dick? When but she asked. Hard? No, no, no. What age does it? Mm. Because I remember, I remember Willie, when I was in middle school, taking his dick and putting it on the fucking lunch table. That's how people get sick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like, he didn't care if his shit was hard or not. He just wanted people to see it, slapping on the lunch table. Well, I think that's the 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 flaccid. Yeah. Not giving a fuck. I'm whipping out this flaccid dick. I, I love it. Is is kind of like. Up until the point where you start thinking about sex, okay, for 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 young men, because then once it, it has to do with sex, you know, like I, I want I want her to see me at my best. Oh, okay. I want her see me all slouching out here and shit. I don't mind seeing your blessed. I want her. I want her to know that my shit works. Yeah, I like it. It's just like how a, a man wants to see the woman that he's with without makeup. Mm. That's kind of how I feel about. It. Like I want to see all of you. I want to. I want to see you, girl. I want to see what color it is. What like all that, that actually is a, a new fetish of mine, though. The growing in the mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a nice one. Yeah, I like that. Make me think. Um, like she there for the whole process. Yes, exactly. It's like watching a woman get ready, right? It's mm-hmm. Like I want to see you get ready. I I like. Mm-hmm, I like when we have um, like. In the morning, if I or anytime, like I fall asleep and, and put your penis in my mouth. The only part I don't like is like I want to see it, like feel it grow, and then I want to get up and go on my pillow and go to sleep. But it's like you can't <laughs> have that process without fucking going through the whole motion. The whole process. But I guess we couldn't, and you could just jack off, and I could, you know, right? I guess. Okay, fine. Like masturbating and experiencing multiple orgasms on your own so that you get to, you have a better understanding of where those orgasms come from. Is it um, like you do it, like for me, it's like if I have my first orgasm clitorally, then it's easier for me to have the next one in vaginally, internally. Um, And then sometimes if I use my vibrator, even on my lady taint, but that's like maybe the third one. Shout out Tater. Hey, Tater. (laughs) um so like i have learned you know on myself where different or like the order Mm -hmm. that i need to be stimulated and then i can bring that to my partner for men i would say it's learning to control your climax i think a lot of people think that like you know for for a man that we don't have the ability to have orgasms besides when we ejaculate Mm -hmm. but completely have the ability to do it but you have to learn how to control your ejaculation like there's a certain feeling that you get when it feels really good and you're mm-hmm. like yo I'm, I'm about to come but if you're able to delay the the uh, ejaculation part of your orgasm you're able to have orgasms without without ejaculating which allows you to keep going but it's also like Men aren't taught our bodies in really any kind of way mm-hmm. other than, you know, move forward. That's it, right? right? So, but when you understand that there are different feelings that you can have sexually, you know, mm-hmm. um, different stimulations and different pleasures, then you open your your body up to like, okay, like, I this level of, of orgasm, I kind of feel it in a different part of my body mm-hmm. or I feel it in a different part of my dick for that matter. Mm-hmm. But it's like you have to 
you have to take yourself away from just thinking like ejaculate. You feel me? Unless you're fucking me just ejaculate. I don't put ejaculate. She me. like, I don't want no multiple shit out of you, dude. Then I just say I wanna go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my name is King Noir. And I'm Jet Setting Jasmine. Royal Fetish Radio, ho. I feel like you were saying that to me. (laughs) I don't subscribe to the term hoe because it has been used to weaponize women for many years. I don't take pride in it. But you as a man are on Royal Fetish Radio Hope. Hey. (laughs) Good night.